We're going to go to the Gospel of Luke this morning. Gospel of Luke, chapter number 19. Luke, chapter number 19. The book of Luke, and chapter number 19. Look at verse number 1, please, if you would. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he, Jesus, was gone to be a guest with a man, a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day a salvation come to this house, for as much as he is, he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, some of you, when I said to turn to Luke 19, you thought, preacher has lost his mind. He's lost his mind. Why do you say that? Well, because... Three Sundays ago, I preached from this passage, and then two Sundays ago, I preached from this passage, and then the Lord led me back here again. But the great thing about God's words, it never grows old, it never does, and I believe that God has something for us again out of here, and uh, I titled the message today, Heaven or Hell? The choice is yours. It's just a fact. Let's pray. We'll get started with it. Father, I'm thankful for the service that we have had thus far. The congregational singing, your spirit moving, I'm thankful. Lord, the special in song that we just heard, I'm thankful. Thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and the price that was paid all those years ago. I'm thankful that we do live in a free country because of the sacrifice of men and women that we're willing to die for our freedoms. I'm also thankful for your word. And I don't believe it's any mistake whatsoever that we're back here in Luke chapter 19 this morning. I don't believe it for a second. I believe you have something for us. Lord, I just confess here publicly before this crowd that I can't do anything without you, and I need your power. I need that unction that can only come from you. I need clarity of speech. It's been evident this morning and mind. Lord, just the guidance of your precious spirit. And we pray for those in here that may not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Today would be a wonderful day for them to turn to God and to trust Christ before it's eternally too late. But only you can work on their heart. And so we ask that you would do that, Lord. Help us to preach now. Might your perfect will be done in every life, we pray. And thank you for your goodness and anything you're going to do. For we ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please do be seated. There seems to be much confusion today when you try to talk to someone about their, their eternal soul. When asking someone if they're sure that they'll one day be in heaven, you might get a plethora of answers such as, well, sure, you know, my parents were Christians. We went to church regularly when I was a kid. Or someone might say, yes, I know I'll have a home in heaven because my parents loved me so much that as a baby they took me to church and had me baptized. Or maybe, well, yes, sir, there's no doubt I'll be up there with that big guy one day. I've, I've given buku bucks to the church over the years. Shoot, they even named that new annex building after me. Or maybe, well, I know I'm going there to heaven because someone was talking about heaven one day and before I knew it, this warm, fuzzy feeling came over me. Woo-hoo-wee, man. I ain't never felt anything like that before. Oh, yes, yes, I guarantee you. Or, or, sure, God saved me. I was in a terrible car wreck years ago and walked away unscathed. It has to be God that did that. No, these are the type of answers you'll get if you'll go out and ask people about their eternal destiny, about how they know for sure that they're going to go to heaven. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm telling you, it's just the fact that people don't understand the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way we'll ever get to the Father. And we know that He lives in heaven. So if we're ever going to make it to heaven, we have to get to the Father. And the only way to get to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not going to happen just because we have a warm, fuzzy feeling or because mom and dad were Christians, grandma and grandpa too. It's not going to happen because you were baptized as a baby or baptized as an adult. Water has never washed away one sin, never will. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen just because you join a church somewhere. I think every born-again believer ought to be a member of a good Bible-believing, teaching, preaching Baptist church. Absolutely so. I believe that we should. But I'm telling you, it's not the church that's going to get you to heaven. The only way to ever make it to heaven is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're ever going to make it to the Father, that is to God. We'll only get through Him and, 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 well, preacher, just stop right there, Brother Marshall, good grief. Man, oh man, this is such a big deal. Why do we even need to be saved anyway? You hear this thing, saved. Are you saved? Are you saved? Saved from what? Well, that's a fair question. I'll give you that. That's a fair question. We need to be saved because we are dead in trespasses and sin, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. No, no, no. I mean, we're dead in trespasses and sin. I mean, the Bible says in Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Their sins. So we need to be saved... From our sins. That's everyone. Everyone. Every man, woman, boy, and girl needs to be saved from their sins. 
Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and, and for the most part, everyone knows that they've sinned. Oh, come on. For the most part, everybody knows that they have sinned somewhere. That they've done wrong. That they've not always been perfect. That they've not always done the right thing. But see, the root of the problem is that they were born sinners. That's the root of the problem. No, no, we all have a sin problem. All of us. Even if we don't think we're a big sinner, we all have a sin problem. We were born with that. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden years and years ago when they disobeyed God. What was their sin? They ate that, they ate that apple, didn't they? Well, the Bible didn't really say what fruit it was, whatever the case may be. But their, no, 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 their sin was this. They disobeyed God. God said, hey, I'm going to give you all this. Look at this. All of this is yours. All the beauty, everything, everything. And you can eat anything in this garden, except don't touch that tree over there. Because it's mine. So don't touch it. And of course, we know the story. They touched it. They took the fruit. They did eat. Eve first, wicked girl. and then gave to her husband, and he did eat also. And because of that, since that time forward, every every person born was born with a sin nature. Every person. We're born with that sin nature. You don't believe that? Go spend an hour in the nursery. (laughs) Bunch of little sinners over there. They're so cute. They're a bunch of sinners is what they are. I guarantee you. Absolutely so. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody is born with that sin nature since that time except one. And we're going to talk about him here in just a little bit. Just a little bit. So we're born with this sin problem that needs to be addressed. See, we, we, no, no, no. We're, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. We have that nature. And all of us have this problem that needs to be addressed. Even Zacchaeus, he had the problem. He was a sinner. No, no, but back there uh, where we started at, in verse number two, it says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He was rich. Now, hold on, hold on, look up here. He wasn't a sinner because he was rich. No, 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 no. God has blessed some of his people with wealth. And they have used uh, that money for his honor and for his glory. It's not a sin to be rich. Heavens to Betsy, no way, no, 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 no. Money is not the root of all evil. Not at all. Now, the love of money is the root of all evil. See, when money becomes more important than God, it's always going to cause problems. It will always get in the way. No, no, Zacchaeus was born a sinner just like you and I. And he chose sinful ways. Because of that. See, he was the chief of the publicans. What's that all about? Well, publicans were the tax collectors. But he was a head tax collector. He was a chief of all the publicans. And, 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 and Zacchaeus was a Jew, but he was a traitor to his people. Well, why was he well, a traitor? Because he was working for the Roman government. And he was collecting taxes. And, and, and I say nobody likes tax collectors, but there may be somebody in here, and I really don't want <laughs> to. 
Zacchaeus would not only uh, collect taxes from the people, go out there and extort them and all, but he would exact more from them that was due. Okay, you almost this much taxes, he'd pad a little bit on there so he could pad his pockets real good with all of that. And not only that, because he was the overseer of the other publicans, the other tax collectors, he, he would exact from them part of that which they had stolen from others. And so, man, he was patting his pocket over here and patting his pocket over here. And man, I'm living a good life. And look at me, I'm rich. I've got everything I need. I've got everything I want. This is just a great life to live. Come on, you had to believe that he lived like that, that he thought like that. He had it made in his own sight. But he was a sinner doing things that he knew were wrong. Because he'd been raised. Come on, no, he'd been raised learning the Scriptures. He knew what was going on. And he chose the life that he was living. He chose that life. He was approached somewhere, I guess, by the Roman government. Hey, listen, we'll give you this much. You come and work for us, collect these taxes. You're good with math, whatever the case may be. I don't know. We don't know everything about it. But, I mean, he knew he was wrong. Well, preacher, I'm not like that. Hold on just a second. Look, you may not consider yourself a thief, but you've probably taken something along the way that wasn't yours sometime in your life. I mean, even if it was just something small. And you might not consider yourself a liar, but you've probably told a lie somewhere along the way. And you may not consider yourself an adulterer, but there's a good chance that you've lusted after someone that wasn't your spouse. I mean, there's that chance. And without a doubt, we have all broken that first commandment that we wouldn't put anything before God, that we wouldn't make things more important than God. I mean, along the way, we've all broken that commandment. Somebody say amen right there. Sure. Yeah. We sin because we are born sinners, as was Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus apparently was looking for something different. Verse number three, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature, a little short fella. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, to see Jesus, for he was to pass that way. So apparently, look up here, apparently he was looking for something different. Well, why did he climb into that tree? Why did he risk the ridicule from those around him just to see Jesus. Well, maybe he was tired of the life he was living. Maybe he was tired of all the things that he was doing. Maybe he saw other people enjoying life, people of God enjoying their life and, and all, and he knew he was wrong. He knew something needed to change. He, he, was just, he was just tired of that. I mean, just tired of people looking down on him all the time and people talking bad about him all the time and all the things he was suffering. Maybe he was just tired of the life he was living. Could be. And maybe also he had heard of the great things that Jesus had done for others miracles that had been performed and the lives that had been changed along the way. I mean, maybe he had heard these great stories and thought, boy, oh boy, that, that, could, that could be something I would want. 
Maybe he was hoping that somehow, some way, Jesus could do something for him. Maybe this, maybe this Jesus can do something for me. Maybe he can get me out of this lifestyle. Maybe he can change the direction of my life from, from all these bad things that I'm doing to, to, to living a better life than this. And maybe, just maybe, he had decided that it was time for a different life. It's time for something different. I'm just sick of this same old thing. And I love the part where we see that Jesus came to where he was. Now, verse number five, and when Jesus came to the place, what place? The place where he was, sitting in that tree. Now, he knew where he was already. And by the way, he knows where you are. And he knows what you need. And he knows what you might have going on in your heart, in your life. And he knows exactly, exactly, exactly what, what you need. He came to Zacchaeus, Jesus came to Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus was looking for him. No, it's a good point. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. What I've learned in my life and the life of others is if, if we truly desire, we truly desire what God has to offer, if our heart yearns for the life that only he can give, he'll come to us. He's there for us. No, no, no. You understand? He wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved. And all we have to have is just a desire. All we have to have is the realization that we need him. <clears throat> he came looking for Zacchaeus. And he called out Zacchaeus. He said this, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Zacchaeus. He knew him. I don't know, he knew his name. He knew who he was, knew where he was. Knew that he was looking for him. Hey, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down. You know, I'm, I'm ready to abide at your house today. I'm thankful that when Jesus came to me, that I asked him to come and abide at my house. This old fleshly body I have on. And he did. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man not, have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That day in April 1984, I got down beside my coffee table. I cried out to God. I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he saved me just like that. The Holy Spirit of God came to dwell in me, and he's not left ever since. I said he's been there ever since for 37 years now, through thick and thin, through good and bad, through highs and lows. He has never left me nor forsaken me. He said he would not. He's always been there. He dwells in here. I'm thankful for that. Well, you don't always act like it. You've been talking to my wife.
I know. I know to my shame. I know I don't always act like it. But I guarantee you he's in there. Life has never been the same since that day. He changed me completely and still working on me. has a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I know that I know that I'm saved by the grace of God because his spirit bears witness in me. Well, are you sure you're saved by the grace of God? Yes. How can you be sure? Holy Spirit of God dwells in me. Why well, do you know that? Because if something as big as the Holy Spirit of God comes in, you know it. I was hoping for more amens than that. Because I'm telling you, once you're saved by the grace of God, it's very evident. No, no, no. It's very evident that he's in there. It's very evident that you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It is very evident the Holy Spirit of God has made his abode in your house. Absolutely so. And if you don't have that assurance, you need it. No, no, you should be wanting it. I, I, read, a, I, I read after a lot of uh, preachers that have gone on before us, pastors that have pastored large churches in our nation. And several of them say that there's probably from 75, 80% of the people that sit in our churches are not saved. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not pointing fingers in here. I'm just saying what they've said. Oh, well, do, you, do you think I'm saved? That's not me, for me to decide. No, 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 no. That's not for me to decide. That's between you and God. I'm not, trying to, I'm not going to try to pick out who's saved and who's not. I'm not, that's, not that's not my responsibility. No. But there are those that say that people sitting in churches, I mean, there are all those that say up to, uh, even up to 90% of people sitting in our churches don't know, really know Christ as their Savior. Now, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not saying that about this room. I'm just saying that, that men of God have said that. All I know is that we need to know that we know that we know that we're saved by the grace of God. We need to know that we've trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We need, to, we need to have that witness of the Spirit that dwells in us. We need to know that we have certainly put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we so desire, He makes His abode in us by the Holy Ghost of God. The thing about Zacchaeus is that he responded when he was given the chance. And a lot of people don't. They refuse to respond when God gives them the chance. Verse number six there says, And he made haste, Zacchaeus did, and came down and received him joyfully. I love it. He didn't hesitate. No, 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 he, he made haste. What does that mean? Well, he came quickly. He, he didn't piddle around. I mean, when he was given the opportunity, he came to Jesus. Too many people, when God deals with them, they hesitate, or they begin to make excuses, or they let their pride stop them. What will somebody think? I've been a member of this church a long time. What will somebody think if I go down and get saved? Well, they'll probably rejoice with you. Amen. Don't let your pride send you to hell. Mercy sakes alive. I'm telling you, there's nothing worth going to hell for. Nothing. No, 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 no. Don't hold on to your sin. Don't hold on to your pride. Don't, don't make excuses. No, no. People don't want to let go of their pet sin. Well, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and once I do this and once I do that and once I get, I don't know if you, if you even know Brother Johnny Flanagan. Johnny Flanagan was a, was a singer, songwriter, Christian man, traveled all over the country. Mercy wrote 
thousands of songs. One of the songs he wrote was One More Night with the Frogs. He just went to heaven, Brother Johnny did, a couple of days ago. But he wrote this song, One More Night with the Frogs. One more night with them stinking old frogs. That's what we want. You know, when the plague of frogs came to Egypt that time? And the Pharaoh said, well, give me another day, those frogs. One more night with those things. I just want my sin a little bit longer. I don't want, I'm not ready to give this up yet. And I'm going to hold on to this. And, you know, one of these days I'll give this up and I'll come to Christ. I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Why in the world would we want to hold on to some pet sin when it might end up taking us to hell? Well, preacher, you got to clean up your life to come to God. No, 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 no. You come to God just the way you are. And he saves your soul. But I mean, you have to have a willingness to come to him. Uh, No, what I'm saying here is you can't come to God thinking, well, okay, I'll go down there and say that prayer, but I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I ain't about to give that up. Uh, Well, you got to be, no, boy. this mm, Repentance toward God is that you really want what he has to offer. I didn't clean up my life to come to God. I came to God. He saved my soul. There's too many people that try to act self-righteous as if they don't even need salvation. That's so freely offered to them. Mercy sakes alive. I am so, I, 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 it's, it grieves my heart to think that people would sit and listen to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and they would be given the opportunity to trust Christ as their Savior and whatever reason, for whatever reason that they would not come and get saved by the grace of God. It makes no sense at all to me. Not at all. If you need God, don't put it off for another day. No, no, just go ahead and cast yourself at the Savior's feet. Acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Call upon Him. Put your faith and trust in in what He did to pay your sin debt on Calvary. He was the very begotten Son of God. He did live a perfect, sinless life. He did go to the cross of Calvary, was nailed to it, shed His lifeblood, gave up the ghost and died, laid in the tomb for three days, but He rose victorious over death and hell and sin. He came to save us from our sin. He did that for uh, you and me. Yep. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth or proved his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, get this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mercy. Probably the four biggest words in the Bible. Christ died for us. He died for us. He died for you and me. The price was paid on Calvary. And that price was the precious blood of Jesus. And it was paid for you and me. Well, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did either. You don't know the life I've lived. You don't know the life I lived before I met Christ either. I'm not going to go into that. I can just tell you, I'm a, I was a wicked sinner. I needed forgiveness of sin. I needed that new life that God offers. Christ died for us. And I'm telling you, the precious blood of, of, of Jesus that was shed all those years ago, it, it 
cleanses even the deepest stain. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, the Bible says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. He suffered for you and I. He bled and died for you and I. And he rose from the dead for you and I. And he did so that we might have the chance to be saved from our sins and not have to suffer that awful fate of the second death when we pass from this life. I'm going to die one of these days, or this body is. It's going to die. Getting closer all the time. Absolutely, day after day. But when this body dies, I'm going to be more alive than I've ever been. In a wonderful, very real place called heaven. But someone that's never truly been saved by the grace of God, it's not going to be that way for them. Oh, they're going to live forever. But not with eternal life. With eternal death. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Second death. Hell. Real place. Weeping. Wailing. Gnashing of teeth. Place of fire and brimstone where the worm dieth not. A a place that's so horrible, it's horrible beyond description, I guarantee you. It's a real place. And the devil's not the king down there. It was created for him and his angels. There's not going to be any partying going on, as some people would like to believe. No, it's going to be a place of eternal torment, eternal punishment for those that have never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And God made it easy for us because salvation comes to us when we turn to God and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 20, 21, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. He made it easy for us. He did all the work. And then he puts out the call. By faith, believe, and then call on him. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Come on, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that God did his part. And he's waiting on you. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, Zacchaeus Zacchaeus came down and he received Jesus joyfully. Joyfully. See, you have to want it. No, you have to want the salvation. You have to want what he offers up. You can't simply do it because other people around you are doing it and you just want to fit in with the crowd. You can't do it to get people off your back. You can't do it just because, you know, others want you to so no you have to want it it's personal you have to desire what god offers you that eternal life that new life you have to want it 
You have to know that you're a sinner needing a Savior and desire that forgiveness that's offered up to you. To you. It's offered up to you. No, this is between you and God. Yeah. You have to want it. Why would anyone not want it? Why would anyone choose to go to hell instead of going to heaven? It just doesn't make good sense. Well, I can't believe it. God would send people to hell. No, 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 no. God gives people the opportunity. He made a way that people might know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He made a way. Well, that's true. Everybody needs to hear. Absolutely so. We've got missionaries sitting here that have gone to their place that God had for them to preach this same gospel. Because it doesn't matter whether you're in Canada or Germany, this same gospel works for all. It's between you and God. You have to make that decision once you hear this truth. And with with Zacchaeus, it changed his life. Verse number 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. It's really something. He had a, no, 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 no. He, he, he met the Lord, then, and I love this. And, and then he had a good talk with the Lord after he met him. And as he talked to the Lord, he made a, well, he was ready to make restitution from those that he had stolen. And he suddenly cared about the poor. I'm going to give to the poor also. His life was on the road to a big change. Listen to me, please. I'm right at the end. His life was on the road to a big change because God had made a change in his heart. Made a change in his heart. It starts here. It starts here. And God saved my soul that day in my apartment in Longview, Texas. I mean, he saved me just like that when I, when I put my faith and trust in Christ. And he changed my heart. Started right here. No, it, it took some days. I'm not even sure how long, weeks, whatever it was. It took some time before the outside started changing. Before I went to the barber shop and got my long hair cut off, and before I got rid of my before I got rid of my Budweiser T-shirts, and before I got rid of my concert T-shirts, and before I changed the outward part of it, but it all started right here. And then as God worked in here and I allowed him to do more and more, it worked its way to the outside. Starts in the heart. It did with Zacchaeus. Man, I got to have this talk with you, Lord. I, man, I've been, I've been stealing people. And I'm going to make restitution. And those poor that are out there that I walk by every day, I'm ready to give, I'm ready to give a big donation to those. And he was that way because God made a change in his heart. Come on, don't be fooled. True salvation changes lives. It changes lives. 
It changed the woman at the well. It changed blind Bartimaeus. It changed the leper who Jesus touched. It changed the crippled man that came to Jesus. It changed Mary Magdalene, the prostitute that came to Jesus. It changed the maniac of Gadara turning his life completely around. It changed me, and it can change you if you really want what God has to offer. But you have to want it. He offers it to you. But you have to want it. And you might think you've gone too far, that you're too terrible for God to ever even want to change. But that's not the case. Because God loves you more than you can understand. God can't love me. Oh, yeah, He does. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, should not go to hell, but have everlasting life. Oh, yeah, He loves you. And he wants to save your soul. But he's not going to force it down your throat. You're just trying to shove stuff down our throat. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you the truth of the Bible. People that die, they're either going to go to heaven or going to go to hell. I'm not trying to shove anything down anybody's throat. And God's not going to do it either. He freely offers what he has to offer. It's up to us to decide whether or not we're going to receive it. There's nobody at this church going to try to shove anything down anybody's throat, but we do want people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Sure. You're not too terrible for Jesus to change, for God to change, because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, it's exactly what he told Zacchaeus, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Friend, if you're sitting in here today and you don't know for sure that you have trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you are lost and you are on your way to hell. I can't believe you'd say that to me. I'd be ashamed not to tell you that. Now, I'll say it again. I'd be ashamed not to tell you that because it's the absolute truth. It's the truth. Well, people don't like hearing about hell. I, I understand, but it's reality. It's a real place. People that don't know Christ are going to spend eternity there. I think we should warn them. I think we should tell them. Well, I don't have to do what you say. I'm not trying to get you to do what I say. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth of the Bible. And, and I have great hopes that if you don't know Christ, that you will come to know Christ. Because I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want you to spend eternity there remembering all the opportunities you had to trust Christ and turn it down? I don't want you to spend eternity in hell remembering all the bad things that you did. I don't want anybody to spend eternity in hell. So, I try to introduce them to Jesus. Because he said he came to seek and to save. To seek and to save those that are lost. Are you lost today?
Do you know that you know that you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And if you don't know that, come to Jesus today. Come to Him today. Today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come to Him today. He's waiting on you. Preacher, I just don't know what to do. We're going to have invitation here very shortly. We're going to give you an opportunity to come. And ma'am, I'm telling you, we have ladies here be more than willing to take you aside and show you how you can get that settled. Sir, we have men here that are willing to take a Bible and show you how you can know Christ as your Savior. And you can be saved before you ever leave this building if that's truly what you want. He'll save your soul. I wouldn't take a chance. No, no, if you don't have it settled in your heart, I wouldn't take a chance. Because we're not promised tomorrow. We can go off into eternity just like that. I wouldn't take the chance. And it really doesn't matter how many professions of faith you made, how many times you've been baptized, how many churches you've joined, who all thinks you're saved. None of that matters. None of it. None of that matters if you don't know Christ as your Savior. Don't let your pride send you to hell. Don't let your sin send you to hell. Trust Jesus today. Heaven or hell, it's your choice. I hope you'll make the right choice today. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed all across the sanctuary, please. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed for just a moment in respect of the Lord and respect of those people that are around you for just a moment. If you would, please. You're in here today and you'd say, Preacher, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know, I don't know if my sins are forgiven. I, I don't know, but I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Preacher, would you please just pray for me? I'd, I'd like to. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. Respect of the Lord, please. Preacher, would you just pray for me? Because I, I don't have that settled. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that my sins are forgiven. I don't know that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Well, I'd love to do that. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at? And, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come to you. I'd just like to pray for you. Preacher, I don't know for sure if I died right now that I would go to heaven. I don't have that settled in my heart. Would you please pray for me? Would you slip your hand up wherever you're at and allow me to do that? Just to pray for you. What, what, would you, yes. You're here today and you'd say, Preacher, I know without a doubt, I remember the time, I remember the, I remember the place that I met Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I know that if I died right now that I would be in the presence of the Lord. I know that I am saved. Would you please just raise your hand in testimony of that? Hold them up high for just a minute. Would you do that? Hold them up high for just a minute. God bless your heart. I appreciate that very, very much. You may put your hands down. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Some of you couldn't raise your hand. I'm not going to try to force anything on you, but I'm telling you, Jesus will save you today if you'll just come. We want to give you the opportunity to do that. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior. I pray that you would convince them 
I pray that you would convict them. I pray that you would draw them. They know they need to be saved. Lord, don't let anything stop them. I, I, I pray that you do the work we can't do. And Father, I pray that you'd give them the wherewithal to step out and come today and let us take a Bible and at least show them how they can get that all settled. Father, please continue to work on hearts and lives. Thank you so much for sending your son to die for our sin. Thank you for offering up this salvation to whosoever will. I pray now that your perfect will would be done. Help people to come. Help them to take that first step. I know if they'll take the first one, that the second one will be that much easier. Help them to come this morning and trust Christ. Please. We ask that you would do this, and we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.